So let's recap a little bit last week, okay? Just to get us all on the same page so we get what we're talking about and and it'll lead us really well into what we're going to talk about tonight, okay? So the idea is all of us have a story. All of us have unique stories, but we also have some similarities in our stories. We all know what's true about us because of what happened all the way back in Genesis with this thing called sin. We all have sin in our life. We all have these moments of failure in our life. We all have these moments of happiness, but then they ultimately don't last. We all have these moments of loneliness. We all have these moments of depression. We all have these moments of ultimately negative things in our life. And there's good things that are mixed in there too, but the good things don't seem to ever last. We've all got that story. Good things happen, but they never last. Negative things seem to keep happening. And that's our story. And that's all true. Everything you saw in that video that played just a little while ago, that's true. But God changes all of that. So we've only heard part of the story, but then when we get to know God, we get to know the rest of our story. We get to know the full story. The bummer is some of us never find out the second part of our story, the rest of our story. We just stay stuck in that first part that's just negative and seems hopeless. And so last week we found out that there is more to this story. There's not just the beginning part. There's not just the part that all of us know about, that all of us have experienced. There's also this other thing, and it's called God. And ultimately, we get to know him, and we get to experience him and have a relationship with him because of Jesus. And when we know Jesus, we get all of that stuff flipped upside down. So now what was hopeless now has hope. Now where we didn't feel love, we have love. Now when we felt alone, we're no longer alone. Now when we felt like failures, we know that we now can conquer anything because God has conquered anything. That's our story now. We're God's kids now. And so that's what we talked about in a nutshell last week. Setting up this whole idea that yes, there's things that are true about us, but God has changed that. And now this is true for us and about us. So tonight, we're going to keep that going. We're going to keep that theme going, but I want to ask you a question to kind of get us into it. Where does life come from? Because one of these negative things in our life is, is ultimately death, right? I mean, we've all experienced some form of it, whether it's just you had a plant and it died, or a fish and it died, or a pet of some type and it died, or maybe you've had a... Uh, a loved one died, like someone in your family or a friend or somebody like that. Or you've, you've known a friend who had someone die. Like you've, we've all seen it, experienced it, read about it. We know it exists. Death is a reality. So tell me this, what needs to be in place for us to live? Now as you're thinking about that, I want, to, I want to throw an idea out to you. If you stop breathing and you do this, check out this picture. If you, if you hold your breath, <laughs> hopefully you don't look like that. But if you hold your breath and you keep holding your breath, what happens? You pass out. And then if you just keep stop breathing... You die, right? 
So would you agree with me that a, a pretty key part to us living is breathing? Yes? Would you agree with that? Have you ever played like the, the would you rather game before? Like would you rather die in a burning building or drowning in the ocean? I always hate that one in particular because they both sound terrible, right? Um, but I would, I, I, in some ways I'm more scared of the drowning one, right? Because you're like, you need this, you need this thing, you need air and you can't get it. Have you ever had the wind knocked out of you before? Like you fell down and you got it knocked out and it just scares you? Dude, it's scary. My, me and my brother were running around the house one day. And this is when we were, uh, I was in middle school. He was in elementary school. And we had a, like a split level. So you walk in the door and then you have steps going down, steps going up, right? And so we were running around the top. I was chasing him and he was running. We were just playing around. Nobody was mad. And he was eating while he was running. We were really smart. And, And so he's, running down the stairs. So he goes down the first flight of stairs and I'm running behind him. And then he goes down the second flight of stairs and like his heel catches the end of one of those steps towards the bottom. And he just like, whoop, does that number and falls straight back and his back lands right on the steps behind him. And, and it hit him like square in the middle of the back. So like right on the, the backside of your lungs. And so he hit and he just lost his breath. Completely. Like he's like, and he's got food, right? So, so as soon as this happens and my parents are in the garage when this is going on and they hear the thud and then my dad flings open the door, what's going on? My dad's kind of country. What are y'all doing? (laughs) And so we're like, we're just, we're just running around and he, he fell. And, and so dad grabs my brother and trying to figure out what's wrong with him. And my mom does not deal well with these types of situations, right? And my mom is literally like three feet tall. You can fit her in your pocket. And, and she's like, oh my goodness, Doug, you got to fix it. You got to do something. <laughs> she would hate me if she saw what I'm doing right now. I'm okay. She is freaking out though. She doesn't know what to do. She's like, you've my baby's dying. <laughs> You've you got to help him. She doesn't know what to do. So dad is like, he's pretty calm under pressure. And so, you know, he's, he's like, hey, baby, you got to calm down. All right. You got to calm down. All right, he's all right. Now, Jason, Jason, can you talk to me? Jason, what happened? Jason, Jason, breathe. Breathe, Jason. And he's still the whole time just like, <gasps> And he's like got, his lips are getting a little blue, so that's freaking my mom out anymore. Doug, his lips are getting blue, my goodness! Ah! And, and I'm in middle school, so I'm just standing there like, I don't know what to do. Um, and so eventually, eventually he's finally like takes a big inhale, right? Like, you know that moment when you get the, and you're like, oh, yes. Either you just come up from the pool and you were down a little further than you thought and then you get to the surface and you're like, and that breath just feels so good. Or you just had the breath knocked out of you and that first breath, you're like, oh yes, I'm not dying. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Well, he has that, right? And so my dad's holding him and he's like, and then Doug's like, 
Doug, uh, my dad, he's like, all right, see, Jenny, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. You all right? You all right? Okay. I get up, just take some breaths. I don't walk around. It's fine. Just walk around. It's good. It's good. And then, and she's, <laughs> mom is like hyperventilating and like, she's like, oh my goodness, I was going to lose my baby. Come here. And she just starts hugging him, like hugging all over him, making sure he's okay. My baby. Um, and so he starts breathing. He's fine. We all thought he had choked on food, but all that had happened was he had got the breath knocked out of him. And when somebody gets the breath knocked out of them, not only does it freak them out, but it freaks everybody else out because they're not breathing. And when you're not breathing, you're not living, right? You're, you're like, you're not doing the thing that's essential for you to live. And so it scares everybody. And so it's this idea of breathing, right? Of breath that we're going to get into tonight. And so if you've ever had a moment where you were out of breath or you were underwater and you didn't think you were going to make it to the surface or you've had any of those moments, kind of keep those in the back of your brain because it'll help you kind of get the importance of what we're talking about tonight. So we're going to jump around a couple of places in the Bible because the Bible has got some really cool stuff to help us understand this idea of life and breath. Um, so let's take it all the way back to Genesis 2. We take it back to Genesis a lot because we learn about the first relationship between people and God, and we learn about the first people and what God made them for in the first place. And, and we see a lot of information that helps us now, today as people. And so one of the things we see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, is this idea that life does equal breath. Like it's not just a theory we came up with. It's not something we're just saying right now. Like it actually is a thing. And so you look at Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. The Bible also talks about how God breathed life into all the creatures. So everything that's alive got its breath, its life, from, fill in the blank, God. So whether somebody knows that or not doesn't necessarily change the fact that it's true. We, we get our life, we get our breath from God. In the very beginning, God created Adam and Eve, and he gave them life by breathing into them. And then they started to breathe. And so we talked about this a little bit last week, right? Adam and Eve had this awesome relationship. They actually hung out with God in this garden called Eden. And they spent time with him and they're, they're, they're like fully alive. They've been breathed into by God. He's brought them to life. They were dirt. Like they were literally dirt that he formed and then breathed life into them. And they became the first people that we ultimately all came from. And so they have this awesome relationship. They have this new life, this physical life and this spiritual life because they have this connection with their father, their creator, the God of the universe. And like we talked about last week, something terrible happened in their relationship. Adam and Eve chose to sin, to not listen to what God had asked them to do. And it broke the relationship and it caused them to inside spiritually die, which ultimately led to their physical death too. So this breath that was breathed into them, this life that was given to them, as this gift from God, was tainted. And spiritually it was taken 
away, not because God took it because he wanted to take it, it was taken because of the choices that people made. They gave it away, ultimately. And so we see more evidence of this idea of breath equaling life. When you look at Job chapter 33, verse 4, it says, The Spirit of God has made me. And this is Job talking. He has made me. And he says, The breath of the Almighty gives me life. More evidence that we get our life, whether it be physical or spiritual or any other kind of life. Life comes from God. Okay? So if that's true, breath came from God, life came from God, we ultimately get our life from him, then what is this breath that we're talking about that we need for this life that we're talking about? Because it got messed up back in Genesis when Adam and Eve messed it up, when they chose to sin. A lot like we mess it up when we choose to sin, right? When we choose to sin, I don't think any of us would say we're truly living. I don't think any of us would be like, yeah, this is what living is when I'm doing something that's totally opposite of what God's asked me to do. Whether you even know what that thing is. Because you might not even know that you're specifically sinning. You just know that you don't really feel alive when you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like when you're lying. Like you might have never heard that God said not to lie. But when you are actually lying... Even if you're getting away with it, I think if you're excited, it's just because you're getting away with it. I don't think you're excited at the fact that you are actually lying. And I I don't think that's my opinion. I think that's what the Bible paints this picture of us, is we're not made for that. We're made to live. We're made to do the things God made us to do. We're made to, to interact with each other the way God made us to interact, which isn't lying. It's not killing. It's not stealing from each other. Those aren't the things God made us to do. We just choose to do those things sometimes because we get selfish. Would you agree with that? Like, do you see some of that kind of stuff going on? In middle school, there's a little bit of selfishness. Just like a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. And it's not just in middle school. So don't think it's just you guys experiencing it, man. It's everywhere. So what do we do to get this spiritual, this, this breath, this life back? Because we obviously have physical life, right? I mean, you're all here. Are you breathing right now? I hope you are. If you're not, you're about to do the old pass out number. I'll have to call my dad and my mom and they'll freak out and help you. I'm going to bring my mom in here one night and you're going to see she really is three feet tall. And you can try to put her in her pocket, put, put her in your pocket if you want. And um, it'll, that'll be weird. Um, so. So let's talk about what this actual breath is a little bit, okay? Now, if you go to the New Testament, which is after the Old Testament, imagine that, right? The New Testament's after the Old Testament. Did you know that the Old Testament is actually a story of God creating everything, right? Creates people, and then he creates this nation called Israel, and you see kind of their journey of trying to know and follow God. Their failures and successes, and it's very up and down. It's very roller coaster relationship between them and God. And then through this whole story, God is is continuing to paint this picture of Him redeeming the the human race again. 
to bring them back to himself, to make them the way Adam and Eve were in the first place, the way he made them to be in the first place. He's going to bring them back to that, and he's continuing to paint this picture of what that's going to look like. And then you get to the New Testament, and then you see this guy named Jesus enter the scene. Christmas, you know, the little baby in the manger, goo-goo-ga-ga, gold diaper, all that good stuff. And we're going to talk about that later when we get to Christmas time. But he gets on the scene. He does these amazing things. He helps people. He loves people. He serves people. He ultimately dies on this cross, but then raises again three days later. And that is this amazing thing that we're going to break down throughout the course of this year because it is completely life-changing for all of us, the fact that he did all that and that God let him do all that and put him on earth to do all that. And then you see later on after all those things have happened, these other guys who knew Jesus, who followed Jesus, who know what God's made them for, and they're trying to help other people know that stuff by planting churches. This guy named Timothy in 2 Timothy tells us that actually, yeah, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we read this, right? It says, All scripture is God breathed and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So Scripture is God-breathed. That sounds a lot like Genesis, right? That God breathed life into Adam and Eve. Well, apparently, Scripture, the Bible, when you read it, it's also breathed by God. So do you think that this Bible is something more than just a book? Have you ever heard that before? Like, the Bible's not just a book? Is that a yes? I think one person answered me when I said that question. Have you heard that before? Okay, cool. If you've never heard that before, this is why the Bible isn't just a normal book. God says he breathed it. So there is life in this book. It's not just some normal book. When you read it, you can literally experience life in it. Now what I want you to do, if you get that, you're like, okay, okay, the Bible, there's life in the Bible because God breathed it like he breathed into Adam and Eve in Genesis. Now let's go look at John chapter 1 where Jesus is on the scene back at the beginning part of the New Testament. And this is what the, the Bible says about not only the Bible, but about Jesus. Because he's going to play into everything we talk about through this series, okay? So this is what it says in the first verse of chapter 1 of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, that's just the first verse. When we see the Word, what do you think that means? The Bible. What do you think that means? Yeah, the Bible. Great job. Um, Yeah, the Bible. We think of the Bible when we hear the Word, but the Word, when you read that, In that verse, the word, the literal word, word, is capitalized. So it says, the word, big W, was with God. And the word, big W, was in the beginning and and he was with God. So if the Bible is the word, how was the Bible in the beginning? Like, were there books there? Who was there to read it? There was no printing presses. There were no pens made yet. But yet the Bible was there in the beginning. And it was with God. So, okay, let's keep reading to try to figure this out. Because the Word was God. So how is the Word God? Because when I hold my Bible, I'm pretty sure I'm not holding God. Um, Otherwise, he's very small. I heard he was very big. Uh, 
But if the Bible is God, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So verse 2, it says, he was in the beginning with God. Now it's saying he was in the beginning with God. So now the word and he apparently are the same thing. Did y'all catch that? Okay. So if he was in the beginning with God and the word and he are the same thing, all things were made through him, which is talking about the word, but it's also talking about him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. So in the beginning was the word, which we usually consider the Bible. The Bible was God breathed. We just read that. And the word was with God and it is God somehow. And it's a he and he helped create things. And actually in him, this word, this Bible, there, there is life. So the, these verses continue to, to go on and describe this light, this word, this him, this savior. And eventually names this word Jesus. So Jesus was in the beginning. Jesus made everything that's been made. Jesus is the one where life is actually found. So if the word the Bible that we read, God's words, if those are life and breath, because God's breath is in those things, and the word is Jesus, like we see in, first, in the first chapter of John, then Jesus equals life. It equals this breath that we're talking about, this spiritual breath. Because when we read the Bible, we're reading ultimately about Jesus. Even when you read the Old Testament, you're reading about why Jesus is going to come, why he needs to come. You're reading about what Jesus is even doing before he comes here to the planet Earth. The Bible is about Jesus ultimately and continuing to point us back to him. Why? Because Jesus is life. Jesus is that breath that we lost back in the garden, way back in Genesis. Jesus is the one that we need when we choose to sin and we lie and we steal and whatever we do that's selfish, that's not what God called us to do. In those moments, the thing we need is not that thing. It's not sin. It's life. And that life, that breath that we need is Jesus. And when we breathe him in, when we breathe in the words that he wrote us, that he embodied when he lived on the planet Earth, like 2,000 years ago, when we take that stuff in, it's us taking these deep breaths. And it's bringing us to life again. And it's causing us to not just have physical life, which all of us in the room have, but then we start to have spiritual life, like Adam and Eve used to have. And so some of us in the room have been breathing Physically, but we've also been breathing spiritually for a little while. We maybe came to know Jesus when we were at a VBS as a kid. Or maybe talking to one of our parents or grandparents when we were younger. And we got saved, accepted Jesus. Whatever phrase you want to say there, but you, you came to know God. You came to know Jesus, this life that we're talking about. You came to know him. Started to have a relationship with him. And so you've been breathing for a while, but then... Maybe some of you, uh, you kind of have slowed your breathing a little bit. Have you ever noticed when you slow down your breathing? What happens? Like your heart rate slows down, right? 
everything kind of chills. And then, and then what if you like, not only slow your breath, but you, you breathe and you pause for a long time? And then you breathe again? Like you start getting desperate for that next breath? You know what I'm talking about? Some of us might even be wheezing a little bit. Because we're, oh my gosh, I haven't used these things in a while. Because we haven't been breathing in Jesus even though we may have take that, taken that first breath a long time ago, we haven't continued to breathe him in. And so we're not fully experiencing this life that God has for us, even though we're spiritually alive now. And so then there's some of us in here who, we are physically alive, but some of us, we're just spiritually dead still because we don't know Jesus yet. And the Bible says that he brings that life. He brings us spiritual life. He awakens us on the inside. He makes us this new creation and turns us into the person we were meant to be in the first place, which is a child of God. And so some of you are sitting there and you have never taken a breath. Spiritually, you have never inhaled Jesus's life and taken that breath to experience who he is and have that relationship. And then there's some of you who have, have been breathing, man. You, you came to know who Jesus was, and you've been taking these deep breaths, and you're continuing to breathe and continuing to learn more about who he is and coming more and more and more into the life that God has for you. And it's been amazing. And you're going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep doing that. All of us, as we do that, will continue to do that. And so tonight... All of us were born into this spiritual death. And we feel it on the inside. Like we know there's something else out there that we need. We know that there's something not quite right that we're looking for. And we feel it. And we, we might not always know how to say it. But we're looking for it. And then sometimes we, we see glimpses of it. Either in somebody else or in us. Because you cannot know Jesus and still do something that he asked you to do. And you start to sense him. Like when you're totally unselfish and you serve somebody else, guess who says to do that? Jesus. Guess who actually did that? Jesus. So when you do that, you're tapping into him. And so even though you might not know him yet and you haven't actually taken a spiritual breath yet, you start to sense it. It's almost like you, 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 can, you can tell like air is close. It's almost like you're getting close to the surface of the water. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, I just gotta, I'm almost there. I got to get there so I can take a breath. And some of you, that's what it's been like, man. You've been really close. You've been around Jesus. You've heard about Jesus. You've seen people who know Jesus. And you've been really close to the air that, that they're breathing. You've been really close to the name that they've been saying. And you just have never taken that step to accept him. But I'm telling you, when you do, man, it changes everything. It brings you to life inside. And you just got to keep taking those deep breaths in of who he is, what his life is about, what he's called us to be, what he said. And so, I don't know where you're at in the room. I don't, I don't know how many of you 
are in a place of, you know, you've just been breathing in Jesus. You're experiencing this life that he calls us to and that we're talking about. I don't know how many of you have been maybe gasping and gasping for air. You haven't been taking a lot of these breaths. You take them kind of really spaced out. Only when you're in moments of desperation do you take a big deep breath. And then you're just holding your breath the rest of the time. The thing about holding your breath is, man, it's like, it's really hard to do that. It's a little bit painful to do that. And you're not really experiencing the breath that you're meant to, the air that you're meant to take in there. You're just trying to live off that one gasp that you took that one time. Some of you are still living off of the breath you took in at Rush. The thing you experienced Jesus do in your life at Rush, and you need to take another breath. He's still there. He, he hasn't changed. He's still amazing. And you can know him at any point. You can learn about him at any point. You can follow him and spend time with him at any point. So take that breath in, man. Find out who he's called you to be. Find out who he is so you can find out who you are. And I don't know if you're in here and you just, you've never done that. You're like, man, I just, I've never done that. I've never, I've never even thought of it that way. That me having actual like life inside requires me to breathe spiritually. And I've never really done that. I've never known that that's why Jesus is such a big deal. And so I don't know where you're at, but at the end of the day, all of us need him. We all need to breathe to be alive. We all need to take in this name of Jesus and not just his name, but who he is. Because he lived this life and he died this death and then he rose again to enable us to breathe him in, to know who he is, to know who we are. And so my question before we go into worshiping just who he is is are you breathing? Are you breathing? So right where you're at, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to really look at you. Don't worry about who's next to you. Don't worry about what happened today. Don't worry about what you're doing tomorrow or tonight. And just ask yourself, am I really living right now? Am I living in this life that's found in Jesus? Am I allowing God to breathe life into me through him the way that he did into Adam and Eve? Am I spending time with him? Am I, am I learning more about who he is so I can in turn also learn more who I am? And so I want you to just talk to God about that. Ask him to help you breathe in this life that he has for you. Breathe in Jesus. And for those of you that need to take that first breath, I just want to invite you. The Bible says all you have to do to take that first breath is just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Like, call on him. That name. That is the start of life. That is the start of becoming spiritually alive. And breathing. So in your own words, say, say that to God. God, I need 
Jesus. I want Jesus. I want to be alive again. I want to be alive spiritually. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to live this life that you've got for me. For those of you that have been gasping, you've been holding your breath, taking these big gasps and then waiting and waiting and waiting, take another big gasp. I just want to encourage you to let go of whatever it is that's holding you back from breathing God in all of the time on a daily basis, on a moment-to-moment basis, because he's always there. It's not like he leaves. If you know Jesus, you can know Jesus. You can constantly get to know him more and better. You can talk to him at any point of the day. You can say these little prayers all throughout your day at school. You can say whatever it is that's on your heart to him. You can listen to what he's saying back to you by opening up your Bible, listening. And so, God, I just ask on behalf of all of us in here that we would all take in these deep breaths of Jesus, of his life, of the words he spoke, of who he is, and that all of that would inform us on how we're to live our life and how we can really experience real life. It's not about us, but it's about you, and it's about serving other people the way you did. So God, help us to do that. Be with the students that need to take their first breath tonight. Lead them in that, God. For the students that need to stop taking these big, long gasps that are spaced out, God, help them to take these breaths that happen every single moment of every single day. And for all of us, God, help us to do that. To experience the life you've got to, for us. To experience this not only physical life, God, but the spiritual life that you make available to us through Jesus. And it's in that name that we pray this, and it's in that name that we know that we can truly be alive. And everybody said, Amen.